0: Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy. Born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today.
1: And it is an absolute thrill to be welcoming back to the Homestyle Studios, Shayna Blaze. Yes, Shayna.
0: Thank you to Red Energy for coming on board. We get to continue to do this podcast. Oh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I was actually getting withdrawals, so this is good. Well, I had to
1: mention <laughs> that uh, there was a few people in my family and my direct circle of friends who were like, when's the next episode? Because it's been a couple of weeks. So thank you very much to Red Energy. And look, we are recording this in Melbourne Uh, We are now under very, very strict COVID-19 lockdown regulations. We'll get into that in just a moment. But if there is any time that we need to be supporting companies who employ Australians, especially those like with Red Energy who have a customer team in Melbourne, now is the time. So make sure you give them a call for Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Now, Shana, since we last spoke, you would think that a couple of weeks wasn't a long time in the world of design, but, wow, how things change completely in a pandemic. So
0: how have you been? I have to say this this second time around, you, you do question everything because it, it's like someone has changed the goalposts probably for the fourth or third time and it, it's exhaustion because you keep thinking you're going to get to the line and it, it, it's like running a marathon instead of a half marathon at the moment. <laughs> um, and I have to say that I've sort of kept myself in pretty strict lockdown anyway But this, the thought of not seeing people socially, this is, I think I've been able to sort of do it okay. And I'm really strong. I'm a really strong-willed and strong-minded person and, and always the half glass full. And I've got to say, I have had... Struggling thoughts in, yeah. in a very simple way, and yeah. it makes me really think of the other people out there who you know don't have that mental strength and uh, are having issues, and, and it really concerns me. So I really do hope people realize that everybody is struggling in their own simple way, and there's no problem in saying I'm not handling this. Yeah, and I've spoken to a few friends, and I put it out there with a little group that I've got, and I just reached out and said, "Look, how is everyone? How are you going?" And this was the week before we got the the lockdown of stage four, and I said, look, I'm not having a great day. I'm not really coping with all this. How are you going? And then it was a flurry. And so it just makes you realise that a lot of people are struggling, but even the strong people are. And Isn't that the whole thing with this pandemic? Is that at the beginning we started this podcast, it's
1: like, oh, we all get to be home a bit more. We all saw the bright side. We thought, wow, this is fantastic. We can enjoy being at home a little more. I think with everything, there's that sort of negative and positive. And you've reached out to people because you're feeling, you know, down. Yeah. But the positive is that it's possible that even though we can't physically be next to anyone that we can actually share some of these thoughts together?
0: Uh, I think totally and, and that's that's the, the big difference you can do it in a group chat, you can do it in a group messenger, um, in a Zoom and I, I think just making sure that you connect and reach out. We may not be able to have that human physical touch but just seeing people's faces rather than a text. I think the text is not the way to go at the moment. I mm. think for anybody unless it's just a quick hurried message, put the text aside, pick up the phone, make a phone call, do a Zoom. Seeing people's faces and hearing voices is a whole different point of connection than just a basic text.
1: Now you have been very, very busy because you have obviously embraced the technology that we're now you know using on a day-to-day uh, basis. I've noticed on your Instagram, like how amazing as a design feature that you can basically have your own TV station on Instagram TV. You've been chatting with people like Tiff Hall, Charlie from Selling Houses Australia, and you recent, even had a wonderful chat with the team from, is it Zuster? Bernister?
0: Zuster, yes. Now that, that's actually... Another interview series I'm doing on design with um, Property Weekly. So I'm really excited about that. But it's specifically about people within design. And yeah. interestingly enough, like we only released that two weeks ago, and Zusta are affected because of the manufacturing process. So Zusta uh, manufacture in Melbourne, but they are. Australia-wide, they deliver, but they're allowed to sort of um, do services within their their vanities and bathrooms because the essentials of people finishing their homes, but mm. the furniture sector has to shut down. So that arm has kept them down as well. So, you know, they've been highly affected uh, manufacturing-wise. And then you've got Tiff Hall who has, can I just say, Tiff Hall is just a power of energy. <laughs> and we, we had a chat about, you know, getting through COVID and exercising and trying not to get that muffin top. And she was all about... Too late for some of us, but Yeah, anyway. <laughs> just a little bit. But it was all about, you know, she was just starting her reset, which means that we were coming out of COVID and, okay, let's reset and start getting energised. And now we've gone into lockdown four. Mm. So she's sort of trying to help people that are in the other states that aren't in stage four, but then Melbourne as in stage four because she's a Melbourneian as well. So I, I think that's what a lot of people are going through as well, mm. is that we're not just working on what's happening here in Melbourne and Victoria. It's what we're happening... Australia-wide, that we're all at different stages. And can I just put a, a really good call out to anyone who's from another state that have sent all their love to Melbournians? And mm-hmm. there, there was a little bit of ne- negativity at one stage, uh, you know, go home, Melbournians. Victoria, Victoria, and-, <laughs> and all that sort of thing. And, and I, I have to say, that really upset me because... I do believe we are all in this together and I've been staying home not just for me but for everybody else but I have to say the overwhelming love from people that are in interstate saying we're thinking of you mm. and um, we really care about you and so it gets through so I really appreciate those thoughts and if if the tables turns we'll be doing exactly the same as well well and the health experts
1: do point that out is that look There were things that led to Victoria having a bigger outbreak, but it could be any state at any time. So don't be too quick to judge because you never know. You could be in the same position as us Melbourne. (laughs) Now, we must touch on masks. I was actually, as I came down to let you into the studio, of course, we're in proper COVID sort of uh, protocols here. I thought, I wonder what sort of mask Shana is going (laughs) to be wearing. Can you remember, look, I can't think of another thing, another item such as a face mask, that has gone from being fairly sector-specific, of course, if you're a healthcare worker, and look, all praise to the wonderful healthcare workers of Australia. Yeah, if you're a trader, you might have worn a mask doing certain jobs. But can you think of anything else that has gone from completely irrelevant to overnight becoming the most in-demand item that you can even imagine? Like It's
0: never happened. The the only thing I can think is... wasn't overnight was, you know, on selling houses, I wear basic bloodstones of work boots because they've got to be, you know, for a work site. And then there's this great company called SheWear that create all these gorgeous shoes that are, you know, female orientated and for the female foot and all that sort of thing. So that was sort of became gender specific. But that would have been time. People would have said, look, the
1: the rules are changing. There's new workplace health. So we've got time to transition. This is
0: literally overnight. Well, I think the only thing I can think of, and this is putting in a completely different perspective is that overnight we've got designers like I've got mine from Sonia Cappalazzo who's Melbourne and she Mm -hmm. is a couture designer so she's now created all these masks um, mainly she started out for friends who were in the vulnerable position and needed masks right from the start. Yeah. And then also Chantelle Ford, who is a millinery, uh, has a millinery business and she's Sydney-based and so I have some beautiful pieces of hers. And then you've just got friends whipping out their sewing machines. So you've had businesses that have had to sort of rethink what they're doing. Okay, no one wants hats, I'll do masks. No one mm. can have couture bridal gowns, I'll do masks. Think back to World War II when uh, all of a sudden people had to rethink what they were doing and women were now making bullets and uh, things for the services. That's the only time I can think there was this massive shift. Now, don't turn around and say to me, you know, bullets and machinery is no different to masks. I know the difference. But we are at war with something. Yes,
1: but I have found it really inspiring and you've mentioned some some great labels there and I've got a friend, Ariella, who's a tailor, Ariella the tailor, and lady startups all over the country and a lot of them outside of Melbourne because anyone making masks in Melbourne sold out within days. I know of women who have hired five or six seamstresses who are literally saying, look, wait, we can get them to you in another week or two and people all over the country who have been making and selling into, especially Victoria... I find that really inspiring that we have people who can design something in an instant, can motivate their team to start making it, and who can completely change their business model overnight. I think it's a real uh, tribute to a lot of businesses.
0: I agree. I agree. My daughter lives in Sydney, and she was wearing masks in solidarity for her family in Melbourne. <laughs> That's great. And so she said, Mum, it was really bizarre. I'm on the train, and people look at me like I'm really strange, and I don't care, and Now she's finding, you know, 30% of the people are wearing masks and I'm seeing a lot on Twitter about people saying wear a mask, wear a mask because, you know, 12 cases can turn into 700 as we can see within days. Well, we want to be
1: able to give you a chance today to think about what you're doing at the moment. Perhaps maybe you can some scrub up on some skills while you're in lockdown, or perhaps you are in the other states where life is getting back to almost kind of normal. So today on the show, we're going to talk skills. Of course, you're on Homestyle with me, Jane Neald and Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. So tell us about skills, Shaney You mentioned people getting out the sewing machine. I, for one, am one of those. I actually bought a new machine for my birthday last year and didn't get it out of the box until I
0: had to make masks. And I was like, damn it. I am going to master this thing. That is incredible. <laughs> and I have to say, we did touch on one episode about upskilling in a certain sort of way to, to really save money, whereas now we we have the time to upskill in different ways. And definitely the sewing machine, and this is something that I used to do a lot. Like I, I you know, my grandma was a, was a tailor, my... Auntie two aunties on different, on both sides of mum and dad were seamstresses. so there's a lot of sewing skills in that I grew up with and I used to make curtains and I made cushions and I made soft toys and I made every every sort of fancy dress outfit you can imagine. Yep. Like, Is this when you're a teenager <laughs> or sort of young? Like- well, actually also up until probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. I was. And when, when I was in my singing days, I used to um, make my dresses and make my outfits. Wow. So the sewing skills are something that I've just put to the side because I don't have time. But in your home and in your interiors, it's not just about saving money. It's about getting something, uh, and we've talked about before about sustainability, is something to get you through that time where you can't have the best. Yeah. So making curtains can be very simple and we can buy the materials click and collect. We can actually buy the hardware of our rods for click and collect. So we can still move on on making things. And curtains are one of the things that I used to make very quickly in a rental and then also in my first home. And I used calico, and you can do a very simple pleated version with eye hooks. Now, YouTube, you can do this, but there's so many people and, and, and I won't call out any blogs because I don't know any specifically, but there are some very, very talented people out there that whip up the machine and put Pattern making on site, so I think really sort of Google that. Don't just look at YouTube. Go to people's blogs and look what people are doing, sort of photo by photo and step by step. So curtains is something that you can do really simply, and then also uh, cushions. Now mm-hmm. we know I love a cushion. Well, and I you recommended earlier in the season
1: that you spend a bit more money on cushions so that they will last longer. Don't just go for the quick twenty thirty dollar job because they're probably not going to last very well can you make a better quality of pillow by doing it yourself, a cushion cover, perhaps with more expensive materials, even
0: vintage fabric, so you're getting more bang for your buck? Absolutely. So it's always about getting the insert right with, you know, a a feather combination or a a different type of fill, fibre fill that's just not a very cheap, cheap one. But Material offcuts are one of the best things ever. And if you're not savvy with doing a zip, don't worry about that. You can do like a fold that you do. You think of your pillowcases, how it has a fold insert, or you can do a couple of buttons, do your fabric button. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because me and zips
1: and sewing, like I also learned when I was very young and haven't sort of done it for a, a fair while, but zips was always like at the point where you need a zip, you call mum. Or Nana or Auntie and you get some serious help. So I don't oh, need to put a zip you in a You don't cover. need to do
0: a zip, you just do a, a fold over. <laughs> so it's about a third on the back of it or a halfway and you sort of fold it over and you don't have to put a buttonhole in as well. So but you can get creative. You if you wanted to do buttons in there, you could actually get fabric covered buttons. You could actually get contrast buttons. And as you were saying, vintage. I don't know if there's any uh, op shops that are going online or anything like that. But there's a lot of vintage fabrics, a lot of vintage buttons, a lot of vintage sort of tassels. You can actually sew a few tassels. There's now, vintage people sell there's people selling on
1: Instagram and Etsy and even Facebook marketplace with just so
0: much fabric and stuff like that. So you can find them. <laughs> and, and, and what I what I want people to do is not just think about, oh, I'm going to whip this up and whip that up. Take your time, get good quality fabrics and learn it and do a really good job. And you could do some throws. You could actually sort of do bedroom quilting and create a couple of heirlooms. A couple of things that you just didn't think that you would ever do again. And in interiors at the moment, there's a lot of incredible throws that we're putting on beds that are packed patchwork orientated and heirlooms. Mm. So look at things that you can create like that. Maybe you might make one blanket through this whole lockdown or it might be something that becomes this new thing instead of watching another Netflix. Mm. Or you do it while you're watching Netflix because, you know, everybody's made the sourdough, they've drunk too much, it's enough, enough bread and enough wine, maybe one... Slice of bread and maybe one glass of wine r- rather than the whole loaf and a bottle each night. <laughs> yeah, the furnishings that you can whip up in ISO are actually going to last a lot longer than the uh, sourdough and the wine. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's that thing of taking the time to learn the skill, not just do that quick weekender, and that becomes more sustainable and it actually gives you a proper skill. And so on the other side of that, like we're talking about uh, fabrics in, in that sort of way in that very soft furnishing is in upholstering. Now, that is a whole different ball game. Yes. Well, you
1: know how I mentioned uh, previously I picked up a set of parker chairs that need the upholstery. It's still
0: on my list. Had to make the face masks first, but upholstery is still on my list. Well, I think it's time to <laughs> – and, and that's what's really great. Look, look at what TAFE courses are online, and online courses have been really opened up of what you can do, and it's just getting the bits and pieces. So, you know, you've got haberdashery stores online, you've got – Uh, hardware stores online and you can get these specialised little hammers and tacks and and unfortunately just have a little bit of patience and get the right materials and then the right tools and get them delivered to you. And by the end of it, you might have one parker chair, not two done, but at least you've... (laughs) had that sense of achievement, sense of fulfilment and giving yourself time to actually do a really good quality job. And and that's what I really want to keep hammering home, that we can do all these little DIY courses but take your time and enjoy the skill. Uh, there's one thing that we have learnt through all of this is that we can actually do a lot of things ourselves and there is a lot of dying skills out there in these industries maybe this is another reason for the resurgence of all these skills that are, are dying and also appreciate what goes into the chairs that you already buy so you might finish that one parker chair and go you know what, I never want to do that again but when I buy one I'm really going to understand the quality and what has gone into there because it's the strapping and the binding underneath yeah. it's it's the, it's the foam, it's the springs, it's the tension it's, uh, I think the appreciation of what other people do really comes down from you actually creating things yourself.
1: So if we tick off sewing off the list, would you say sewing is something that is a fairly easy skill for a basic level for almost anyone to learn with some, I mean, you can do it by hand too, but my machine was really cheap and look, I'm going to invest in a great one when I Proved to myself, I'm going to sew more. But it was only a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. The instructions were so easy compared to say twenty years ago. I set it all up on my own, and
0: I was really pleased that it wasn't something I had to panic and call someone else to help with. I think one one thing that I've heard a lot from parents who are homeschooling at the moment is the frustration of how stressful it is of trying to get everything done. And a, a lot of people are saying, you know what? Today we're just going to do life skills, sewing masks, your kids can do it. Young kids can do it. A couple of straight lines and you just do really cheap fabric, just learn why not whip up a couple of masks with the kids. They can make their own masks and they can make some superhero capes. They can actually make Mm. a few different things that gives them these life skills that people don't think that they should need anymore Who thought that we'd need a sewing machine anymore? (laughs) Yes, we do. So I think teaching um, your young kids life skills as well, it's not just an adult thing. And and that's what I'm loving about what has happened with all these lockdowns is bringing the family together. And as much as we're talking throws and cushions, these are skills that you can use in everyday things. But soft toys, I Mm -hmm. used to make soft toys and, and things like that. So that's something that's in your decor that the kids actually could say, look, what's your favourite pattern? Well, I I love a bunny or I love a teddy. And you can actually teach them to make their own soft toy that can be a decor item that sits on their shelf and that becomes a memory And saying, oh, remember when we made that back in, you know, 2020. <laughs> I know,
1: back in that pandemic. And look, you are completely right about the YouTube thing and the bloggers. I got a face mask uh, pattern that was free download from a lovely woman in America who had half a million people had downloaded it. Wow. I was able to sit there and pause the video because I got a bit stuck and I had my needles, you know, pins around the wrong way. But who would have thought? A free pattern, mm-hmm.
0: a free instructional video, it just is incredible. And that's where you go, actually, you know, there's so many people are doing it from the goodness of their heart and yeah. it, it's very simple for them because they just make it, but it makes everyone else's life so easy. They're sitting there struggling going... Can I put elastic on backwards? (laughs) Hey, and not to mention that once you get
1: your sort of, you know, your basics done, like there's a lot of people who will be wanting to save some money on fashion, of course, in the years to come and the months to come. So why not start with something small like a cushion cover and you could be making your dress like Shana did for you? (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So our next skill on the list of Shana's top skills for home designers is tiling. Now, tiling is something that scares me. I love it when it's done properly, but I do notice, especially if you've, say, gone house hunting or something, you're like, wow, there's a big variation in how well people tile. Yeah. How achievable is it for a relatively handy person to learn to
0: tile? It, it's it's maths and it's patience and it's oh, straight lines. Sorry, you
1: just said the M word.
0: Yeah. Maths. A little bit of maths. <laughs> but there's great thing called spaces. That if you're just doing one wall, the spacer will get that for you. So that's the little plasticky the thing little you put in between? The right. absolutely. <laughs> and the thing is also when you're learning tiling, you need to do it in a wall that doesn't have a niche, it doesn't have any sort of drains or tap holes that you have to work with and you know you have to get a verified waterproofer to do it in a bathroom. But you might want to do the tile splashback in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. You might actually want to do... Ready for this? A feature wall out in your garden. So, you might actually Ooh, want yeah. to do a, a tiled mosaic wall out in your garden near a bird bath. You know, this is sounding quite tacky and I'm not meaning it to, but you can do some great ones with an outdoor shower in, by your pool and oh. do a wall there with your outdoor shower. And, and that way, if you've got a few little things that are wrong, it doesn't matter. So, practice those basic skills in something that's outdoor, it might be actually a mosaic table. I went to Morocco a couple of years ago and I went to the factories where they made those beautiful Moroccan mosaic tables Mm. and they sit there and they clip all the mosaics and they put out the pattern, then they pull it apart and then put it on the table. Like Wow. The the labour that goes into these with these beautiful glass tiles and you could actually do like a little patio table and you could do like a little mosaic on there as well. So I just think of little ones to get you started. Don't start with the bathroom. Don't start with the floor. I think the floor is one that I'd be very nervous on doing. Yeah. I would rather put the skill set of the professionals towards there. In the actual shower where you've got a niche, I'd rather the professionals to do that. But if you can do a sidewall that you needs to be tiled, it might be the splashback just where you're – Vanity is the bathroom. It might be in the kitchen, as I said. Or you could do a project out in the garden, Mm. even though it's winter, It is quite cold, but I think something out in the garden could be quite a bit of fun, especially like a little breakfast table. How about the sort of level of difficulty? I saw on a Renault show recently, you know, a
1: horrible, horrible sort of 1970s brick fireplace surround. Yeah. So structurally, nothing really important. It's not, you know, needing to be waterproof. But they actually just use pretty basic tiles to tile over that hideous kind of bricked-in fireplace. It made the entire room look 20 years younger. Is that something
0: that you could maybe have a crack at? It, it Okay, so this is Uh-oh. where we get onto the d- degree of difficulty and point <laughs> system like you would in ice skating. One, it depends the structural integrity of the fireplace. Two, it depends on the type of brick that you have. Does it have enough grip on it? Is the uh-huh. mortar quite thick? And it depends how thick you've got to put the actual uh, mortar on the back of it and you've got to make sure that there's enough grip within the brick to, for it to go go in. If it's a very smooth brick, you have to score it so that the cement can grab onto it. It might be a case that the the grouting within the bricks, the mortar within the bricks, sorry, is too deep, so that has to be filled. Yeah, and you're better okay. off doing two simple layers of cement rather than one thick one. Okay. So it, it is a degree of difficulty, and I would definitely look that up. But i I totally agree it would look good. Then you've also, if it's just the face of it, then you don't have to worry about mitering corners and cutting the edges. So it depends what skill set's required. And I I totally agree with you that it does make a big change. But again, really be careful about what you bite off more than what you can chew (laughs) Uh, and start with simple ones and then build up your confidence. So just always remember it's about the surfaces that you're putting the tiles onto that could bring you undone. So preparation is key as with so many things. Yeah. <laughs> but, and also acknowledging what you're putting it onto. I think, I think that's the main thing really, you know, if you're looking at a cement wall, that's so much easier than looking at a brick surface or a rendered surface. Hmm. Now you spoke about mosaics there. Uh, could you usually get tiles, say, you know, seconds or end
1: of batches from a tile shop? And I know many of them are still delivering if you're in a lockdown zone,
0: but it would be good to get stuff that is not brand new, I guess. Absolutely. And I think the thing is that all those shops still have people that are on the phone remotely so that you could actually give them a call if it's not on their website saying, look, I'm actually doing a really tiny project. Do you have um, end of runs and do you have seconds and also do you have ones that you're not using anymore? Uh, What can I do for it? Sorry, what can I get for it? Yeah, and I also noticed on a little walk around the neighbourhood, things that you don't see
1: ever because you're not concentrating much, but now when you're within 5Ks, that's all you've got. <laughs> There's a lady who's got this really, I'd say, eccentric home near us and she's got a big box out with a big sign, Mosaic Donations, Please, please. So she's ah. asking the neighbourhood, there was old cups and crockery and China, and I'm thinking, how awesome is that? That, you know, there's someone in the neighbourhood that's saying, break something, smash a plate, bring all the bits here for me. And wow, she's really working that into the garden. <laughs> and
0: you know what? I think that's one of those things where you go, oh, don't be afraid to ask for help. And so she's getting it. People don't want it in their bin, so she's asking for it. And you might want to do something the same. Or you might actually have all these leftovers. You know, when you're cleaning out the garage, you might end up with this leftover box. And you might turn around and do do the opposite, pay it forward and just say, you know, tiles free for mosaics.
1: (laughs) I think it's lovely to see that people are, are doing that sort of thing in their own backyards. Now, painting. Yes. I dislike it. I'd rather pay someone else to do it. You have done so much painting in your career. How easy is it to master? Is it a skill that really should be on the top of everyone's list?
0: Look, I think it should. I think it should. And I work with a lot of painters, and they've given me the most valuable painting tips over the years. So you cannot undermine the professionalism of the the certified painters and what a beautiful job they do. And again, it comes down to preparation, it comes down to knowing what paint you're using and the quality of the, the brushes and the rolls that you're using. So, again, We've got time. Let's not do a slapdash, do a paint over a weekend. Look at all the skill sets that you need with um, cutting into corners, uh, you know, the tape that you use around the cornices and really sort of look at the basic prep. I I think, you know, learn – the sanding properly and have your sanding blocks and, and all that sort of thing, then you'll get a very satisfied customer in yourself of having a wall done rather than just a painting all weekend and go, oh, it looks a bit... Uh, uh. I'll and, get the professional yeah. in when this is all over. <laughs> where are we at with feature walls and feature finishes? Look, I've got to say feature walls uh, have always been around but they've been around in a different way. We we tend to think feature walls as the big bad one where it's one solid block colour and then also our beautiful suede effects, which we just don't go down there. But there's also beautiful finishes where you can do um, rendered plaster, Venetian plaster, but they're little skill sets that you'd want to learn. So, again, look at TAFE, look at learning online that you can actually get kits from them and learn those. You can actually learn that to do a few things yourself. But be really careful of going a little bit too over the top and start looking at rag rolling and sponging and taking yourselves back to the 80s and 90s. I think just be really careful about your DIY. Do something that you're going to be very happy with rather than go, what was I thinking?
1: There'll be like a, it will be an era. It will be the ISO era of of decorating.
0: It's like, oh, you were in lockdown four. Yes,
1: we can see now where you were. (laughs) All right. So we are going through Shana's top skills for home designers, for anyone who just needs a little challenge or who potentially is facing another six weeks in full-on lockdown like we are here in Melbourne. And, of course, this is Homestyle. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne, that's Red Energy. Shayna, one last thing, restoring furniture. Tell me
0: about shellac. Okay, so I have to say I adore the finish of shellac. So is this a really shiny, antique looking thing? Can you it's, describe it? It's, it's like a layer, a layer, a layer where it gets buffed and buffed and buffed and you can never put enough on. It keeps going and going. It's known as French polishing. Yeah. And then it's shellac. And I didn't actually really know what it was until I was in design school. And we did had all those practical moments where we actually did shellacking, we did French polishing, and there's a lot of pleasure you get out of buffing it, but it's actually made from the crushed casings and wings of beetles. Oh <laughs> so it's a very natural and just so you know, they're from dead <laughs> they don't pluck them, so it's the casings, okay. like you would, uh, you know, say a cicada or something like yes. that. It's not cicadas, but certain certain types of beetles, and it's the crushed, it's the crushed elements, and that's why it gets that beautiful shine and shimmer to it.
1: Ah, oh, like a beetle's,
0: like a beetle's beetle's
1: wing, or exactly. the back. Exactly. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. So the thing is also that the great thing with that is that you can sand it back and buff it up, but also it's very precious, like marble, because it's almost like a, a porous type of uh, material that you they're the ones that you do have to put the coaster down. They're for the special yeah. piece pieces. They're the <laughs> The ones, good room. <laughs> the good room. You don't put your your hot mug on there. You don't you put pot pot of tea, you have your trivets, you have all that sort of thing. So, And it's really good, like, if you want to do some restoration, it's it's amazing for those beautiful special dining tables that you go, I want this as an heirloom, Mm -hmm. and also a beautiful buffet that you might want to have in the lounge, in the dining. And, you know, I'm not talking doilies and I'm not talking cork-based placemats, but I'm talking about pieces that can actually have that beautiful sort of shimmer about them that you just can't get unless you're using shellac or unless you're using French polishing. So again, that's a speciality type of uh, skill that you need to do. So look at online, look at YouTube, look at blogs and really search someone who's in their 80s that has been the master and learn from the master. Yeah, it's an old <laughs> and, world skill almost, isn't oh, it? and let's bring it back. You know, with all this knitting and everything, someone might knit a doily that goes with it. <laughs> or a little mosaic placemat, but I think shellac just has a beautiful energy to it and sense of pride. And so I think upskilling and doing these things in your homes, why not do something that takes time, that has a little sense of pride for you that you can look at and go, yeah, I'm pretty happy I did that.
1: And I love the idea that we can incorporate this into our home learning.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Get the kids to do the sounding. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. The kids, wouldn't, I wouldn't have known about the bugs unless I did design school. Yeah. Like, these are all skills that the kids can be involved with and be life skills. Life skills. There's maths in tiling. There's patience in shellacking. There's learning about the bugs. There's maths in the sewing. You know, all those different skills that they're life skills, and all we need to add in there is darning socks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that'll happen. (laughs) No, I
1: have I have all the equipment. My grandmother was a good darner. It's you know, you have these little wooden things that you put the sock over, so. All right, we'll get back to you on the darning. I'm not sure that's on the top of my list. It's not on mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Shana, there is some of your top skills for home designers. We hope we've inspired you with the sewing, the tiling, the painting, restoring furniture with that wonderful shellac treatment. If you've got a question for Shana, you can also jump onto her Instagram where you will find a treasure trove of wonderful things to look at. What's your Insta account, Shana? Shana Blaze. And you've been listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze and me, Jane Neild. We are going to catch you in two weeks' time, all thanks to Red Energy. Born and bred in Melbourne, that's Red Energy.
0: Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy. Born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. If you love an insightful podcast, Red Energy's podcast
1: lifestyle series is for you. Cooking, enjoy Tuesday with Ash Pollard. Really the people around here truly lived farm to table. I know it's trendy now but it was necessity back then. For parents, mum plus one with Joe Stanley. At the height of coronavirus lockdown, I gave up on all screen time restrictions.
0: Powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy switch to Aussie owned Red Energy today. Red Energy's lifestyle podcast available from your podcast provider and the SEN app.